We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 15 edition, the Fantasy Playoffs edition, the uh, Snowmageddon on Saturday games edition. Now Woo! we're into this part of the season. Weather, the finally Snack some Fest. weather, dude. Uh, the Look, we never haven't had weather since uh, the, the uh, uh, torrential downpour that Justin Fields was in. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe we'll get to see some slip and slides like Justin Fields was doing after uh, uh, that monsoon in week one. But we are here to talk about game stacks. And I kind of, you know, was obviously joking around about the the end of the season, chaos, weather, different situations. But the, the big thing for me about this week 15, and we're going to talk about the main slate today. There's lots of content everywhere, including here on Roto-Grinders for the uh, Saturday three-game slate, which is actually where that weather issue mostly is with the Bills. But with there being still, right, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and then taking three games, even though there are no buys, and putting them on Saturdays, it gives us only a 10-game main slate on Sunday. And before we went live, Matt was reading off some of the game totals for said 10-game main slate. And it gets thin pretty fast, and you actually have to really consider some of these games that, you know, what we've done on this show all year long is really focusing in on a lot of the more action-packed games. Sunday, we're going to have to pick and choose some spots here that maybe don't feel quite as as comfortable as they have all season. Dario, how are you kind of feeling about, about this slate? I think for a 10-game slate, this one is actually not bad. Like, I mean, we've had some 10-game slates this season where – 
there's like maybe two games you're kind of interested in. I think last week was one of those weeks, but this week, I think there's at least three games, probably four that stand out in a pretty positive light. So, I mean, there are some real stinkers on this slate for sure, but this one also has, I think some, some pretty exciting potential. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to be able to play some Buccaneers this week. Right, oh God. That's, that's a team we don't normally talk about. <laughs> that's that is true. I mean, how was the last time? I mean, I don't even remember the last time I said the name Chris Godwin on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> been a while. I mean, how long has it been since the the, mm-hmm. the Mike Evans tumbled from my lips? He is terrible, by the way. Oh my God, he if is I have a to terrible watch... football player. Just awful. If I have to watch him and him and Brady not connect on another oh. pat, like, and they don't even come close. Like the the one this past week was Evans is like quasi open on a corner route in the end zone you know he was open and brady like hit him in the ankle or something like that it's like these th- not they are just it, I, obviously there's a lot of things wrong with the bucks Oof. but brady evans is just a disaster connection right now can you imagine that, that was like a, a big stack of yours in best ball <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> thank god evans was expensive thank god i know he was uh, expensive yeah. enough so probably not but yes yeah. that's that's definitely there have been seasons in the past where that was something you built around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I think there's like Dario said, this is this slate is like kind of exciting, but uh, uh, in for weird reasons. Right. There isn't any necessarily games to me that like jump out as, uh, you know, there's no Chiefs bills. There's no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the 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 Lions course field esque games that we get sometimes, you know. Um, I always think back to that Lions Seahawks game because that was the the big Lions game that like just truly blew up and everybody in the whole game went for forty fantasy points, including T.J. Hawkinson, uh, who uh, clearly that one still haunts me. But there 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 are some intriguing games and in particular a few intriguing offenses where maybe the other side isn't quite as quite as appealing, which makes this particular show kind of fun to talk through. Um, and let, let's just go in and dive into the first one, which is the most obvious. Uh, I mean, I guess there's two that we could call the most obvious, but I'm going to say this one's the most obvious because there's a little more fight maybe in the other side. And it's Eagles Bears. And this feels to me like the Eagles game last week, which we also discussed Eagles. We discussed, you know, using some of the, the value which which hit to get things like Jalen Hurts stacks into your lineups. And it feels so similar to me this week where if. Fields and co can push back just enough like Daniel Jones did, right? They got blown out, but they got to 17 points or something like that. That mm-hmm. just kept hurts and everybody rolling enough that we, st- I mean, look what happens, you know, the whole offense, go- the whole offense went off everybody, every key player, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. And so I feel really good about the Eagles doing their thing against this bears defense, but Dario, it, it, are we going to get enough pushback from the bears or just how are you kind of feeling about this game? I think this game, I mean, so Chase Claypool was ruled out just before we went live. Didn't have a chance to get that update into the projections because that literally was like 10 minutes before I hopped on the stream yard here. But that means that like Justin Fields is going to be throwing the ball to guys who would be on the practice squad for any other NFL roster. Cole Komet is looking very chalky for good reason. He's been getting pretty healthy target shares and then he... You know, now he's going to be like by default the only guy for fields to throw to this week. So I think that it, it's kind of tricky. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to push back. I think my hope 
is that Fields is able to engineer a couple drives with his legs, right? You get a couple scrambles, a long touchdown run maybe, and that's kind of how they're able to generate the offense. So I, I think another thing to note here is that the Bears' defense has just been horrendous the last few weeks. Like, they've taken a big step down. They traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. As we know, they were, you know, kind of turning all their good players into future draft capital. And the result of that is your defense is going to suck. And that's what we're seeing. And the Eagles well, are probably- by measure the worst defense in the league. It's the best defense to play against for fantasy football. All the, the points against fantasy points against position by position, you go down the board, you want to play the bears. Absolutely. So let's just play the Eagles. So now, yeah, now you get the, the offense. We always want to play the best offense against the worst defense. And like you said, and there's no weather 27 degrees, like 10 mile an hour winds, no precipitation in the forecast uh, wheels up, baby. I think Fields, Dario, to your point, is just like kind of a. It's crazy. We wouldn't have said this, you know, in week three or something like that. But I think he's just almost like enough of a magician, if you will. And kind Mm -hmm. of their scheme can lend itself to that as well. Just, you know, you get that guy, right? I'm not going to say he's Lamar or whatever, but how many times has Lamar single handedly kept his team in games throwing to Demarcus Robinson and stuff? You know, when you just have that dynamic player. I think Fields can do basically like a. I think they're going to get the doors beat off him, but I think he can do what you know Daniel Jones and and the Giants did last week. It feels very very similar to me, and so it just feels like wheels up on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, I just pulled up. Um, you guys know Ben Baldwin's website with the, all the EPA per play, the defensive tiers, offensive tiers. Since Week Ten, the Bears defense is allowing one point six point one six six EPA per play. That's the same as a roughly Dak, somewhere between Dak Prescott and Jared Goff drop back per play basis. So their entire defense against run and pass is like facing an above average quarterback every single play (laughs) right now. That is that is amazing. So I guess two parts to this question, then I think we've established we really like the Eagles here pretty much everybody if you have an eagles jersey and you're out going to get out there onto the field you probably uh are in a, in a good spot to my two-part question matt is who should we focus in on the eagles or how how are you thinking about constructing your eagle stacks and do you need slash want uh, a bring back right a commit or one of these loser wide receivers or you know uh, anything <laughs> Poor Equinemius St. Brown, man. I mean, yes. If he's the right? first name I mean, that has to come was, out of your mouth. Just like a, Maybe like Bayless a, Jones will get his first target in like six weeks. <laughs> oh, no, it's not Bayless Jones. Oh, my God. Nikhil Harry, just Nikhil Harry's bust of the world. Too. You have Byron Pringle, dust. <laughs> we have a dust and a bust. So it's <laughs> dust busters at wide receiver. We'll go dust busters over losers. <laughs> far more kind than i and then the, the well, i the mean if i had to pick one i would pick equinemius as a guy that he actually he can uh, they they get him involved in the run game a little bit with on reverses he does have a nice target depth but they also throw some screens to him like he's actually a functional wide receiver uh so you'd be the one that i would use but remember with justin fields we like to do the inverted stacks Mm-hmm. We invented that whole new concept, the inverted stack, where you'd stack fields with A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. We did that because the Eagles were facing 
or the the Bears were facing a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. So let's just get everything we want, and and we'll we'll invert the stack where it's Fields. Yep. I think it was Fields with Waddle and Hill. Right. Yep. That worked really well. I mean, that was another one of the many concepts we've invented and smashed as usual. However, I have a little concern here. Uh, first game back from the injury, six attempts after he was averaging 15 attempts prior. So he had three weeks with 15 attempts on average. Then he gets injured. Then he comes back. It's a 55 yard run. So he gave the yard 71 yards, but on only on six attempts. So I'm not sure. Like, it seems like we would go right back to the well with this fields Brown Smith sounds fun. And I think we should do a few of those because they're fun, Mm -hmm. but there's really no reason to overthink this, right? It was just, we just play hurts and (laughs) you can run it back with some commit. We're not, are we running it back with David Montgomery? No, right. There's no one. How could you, Yeah, not not against this Eagles front seven. No, what? Like you're hoping for tons of dump offs. Maybe no, yeah, which is not the Bears thing, right? Yeah, if, if it was I mean, a that's not that's not Jared with Goff running back or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's just different scenarios where if it were a pocket passer, we'd probably do more fields. Maybe talk yourself into a little dabble on on Dave Montgomery, but because the, the way it's structured, I think it just you you say once again, Jalen Hurts stacks will lead the way. We've got these two receivers we care about, and that's it. And then, you know, you go on to the next game. I don't really know what else to do. I was going to ask, last week I stumbled myself upon because I was doing a lot of the roster construction that we talked about here on this show and still wanted to get Eagles. I actually wasn't on my main team playing an Eagle stack, but I still wanted to get my Eagles exposure, and I played Miles Sanders, which Mm -hmm. worked out quite well. So I wanted to ask about him in – can you last week it would have worked? You like onslaughted the Eagles, mm-hmm. everybody, right? Brought everybody along for the ride. They score 50 points, you win. Can we do stuff like that this week? I mean, this is the arguably the best offense against the worst defense. They're gonna score as many points as they want. Or do you want to look to maybe some Miles Sanders in lieu of the passing game? And then the last one I, I wanted to ask about Dallas Goddard, assuming he's back. We haven't officially got that confirmation. Um how much, if any, Goddard would you be interested in playing? Just all the Eagles. <laughs> all the Eagles yeah. were, were interested in all of them. We've talked about this. First game back for these guys, man. I'm not that into it. You, know, you get a, It's kind of kicking and screaming with the first game back with these guys. And it I really depends it, on how chalky Cole Komet is. How chalky do you think he's going to be, Dario? I think uh, the ownership projections had him pretty high up as the top tight end on FanDuel. 10% at, for the third highest tight end on DraftKings. So I guess a little bit more so on FanDuel. I think he's kind of the only, I think he's the primary Bears weapon that people are going to play as a run back in this game. I think that is what happens. I think maybe even more so than his raw ownership. I think on DraftKings, we have him fourth. I think that might move up a little bit with the, because that doesn't fa- uh, factor in what Dario said about Claypool being out. But yeah. like Chigo Conquo, I think will be, will be, more uh, higher owned on drafting specifically at 3,100. He's the shiny new toy. You know, people want to play chargers against the Titans and him, but commits 
ownership in Eagle stacks, I think will be, be kind of mm-hmm. outsized, right? You play your Hertz double and Komet fits this perfect bring back. And so it's like, well, in that case, I, I don't want to play him on those teams because that's what everybody's going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think- St. Brown had 86 air yards last week. I don't hate him. What about can we cipher through? Look, this is what our specialty. This is what we show up for this show for. Talk about Khalif <laughs> Raymond. to play some St. Brown, fellas. Khalif Raymond and all these guys yeah, we spend 20 man, minutes I, talking I, about. St. Brown's athletic. St. Brown, he's just his body is not a football body. Right? Six five wide receivers rarely work out. Right? Unless you have Calvin Johnson level athleticism, you're gonna be struggling. You know, you're just going to get bodied too much. Your center of gravity is too high. But if there's nobody else, (laughs) I mean, Dante Pettis, I I assume I'm just looking at snaps from last week. So Claypool played 63% of the snaps. Pettis played 65. uh, ESB played 58. Byron Pringle played 38. So I would assume that we'll get the three wide receiver set of Pettis, ESB, and Pringle now that, that Claypool is out. Uh, maybe uh, yeah, Harry is questionable, as Dario said. So I would guess it'd be those three. You know, maybe a a trick play to Valus once or something. But those three guys <laughs> out there most of the time. St. Brown's yeah. my guy. I'm I'm putting my I'm putting my chips in St. Brown. I want, I want I'm going to do some St. Brown run back. And I agree with you on on Miles Sanders. It's not like we we don't even have a 50 point game total on the slate. So that's when you're when you're onslaughting games. Right, you got to think. Well, what what am I missing out on? Right, you're yeah. not missing out on much by onslaughting this game. So go for it. It's interesting yeah. to me, Dario. And then, sorry, uh, I'll kick it back over to you. But it's also interesting to me that Miles Sanders is his price didn't hasn't really drastically gone up either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just scored thirty fantasy points. Is in basically the best matchup of any running back on the slate, right? Mm-hmm. If any people treat the lions, like we should treat the bears, like the lion, right? The, the lions is still a, a great fantasy scoring environment, but it's not actually because the defense is bears level bad. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's because the bears also, or the lions also put up a bunch of points. Miles could just run straight through these guys. He's only at 6,500 on drafting 7,800 on FanDuel, and his ownership isn't coming up. So I, I think he makes for, a pretty intriguing tournament play yet again, just just like last week. Absolutely. I think his ownership was surprisingly low to me when you consider, I think what's happening is everyone's stacking Hertz. Hertz is the number one projected ownership quarterback. So people don't really want to play Sanders with Hertz. And maybe that's suppressing uh, Sanders' ownership a little bit. But yeah, it's like I see him around 9% on DraftKings, around 11% on FanDuel, which I think is a pretty, pretty enticing um spot for him to be in yeah he's getting three targets in a lot of games it's not zero targets yeah right i know he struggled he doesn't even have a breakaway run yet in the passing game he will right he's gonna he's gonna break a long run in the you know as a receiver at some point he doesn't two in the run game last week yeah he has all these in the run game he's just not doing it in the passing game that's gonna be great for hurts i know that hurts is chalky commits chalky I get it. We're we're like, you know, we're all sort of just covered in chalk dust right now. <laughs> I get I get what's happening. It's a little bit of like, okay guys, any 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 new information? We're, we're well, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to look past this. I don't want to look past it. I'm not going to look past it. <laughs> 
85 receiving yards for Miles Sanders so far this season. That's really probably what's driving people away from him is that he's just mm-hmm. been such a zero. But when you look at the targets, yes, the target share hasn't been that great either, but at least he's getting two, three a game the last three yep. weeks. Mm-hmm. And most of the season, you know, there was a a little clip here, but also you and could no probably... Gainwell last week at all. I just saw, did I see Gainwell at all? Very little. I can look it up his very exact... little Gainwell. So Boston this... Scott hammered in a late touchdown, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, but was... I didn't see much Gainwell. So I mean, and, and the snap share is going up for for Sanders. I know that Gain, these, Gainwell these... played twelve snaps. Yeah. So th- there there's some there's some snap cannibalization happening and running a few more routes where hey. Yep. We're going to look up. There's going to be like a four or five target game coming soon for Sanders. And and that's that's the story we tell ourselves. We're hey, we're going to play some hurts, but here's how you get unique. It's not a lot of not a lot of hurt Sanders because by the numbers right now, absolutely negative correlation with those two guys. No question. I get it. But knowing that, you have to start doing some contrarian moves. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's almost some self sabotage, <laughs> in if if you want to get unique with this game. Yeah, I I think like I'll probably end up playing some lineups that are Fields, Sanders, and then one of yeah. Smith or AJ Brown. So you get two Eagles. Hope that Fields outscores Hurts because he's forced to use his legs a little more, and maybe Sanders is like you know Hurts only throws for two touchdowns, and Sanders gets another two. Some scenario like that. And you save, you know, a thousand dollars and a lot of ownership by pivoting to fields in the same game, and then possibly just like doing naked fields. I mean, we've we've seen it work before, mm-hmm. and I, I think that like is probably my like if I, if I'm trying to get unique, the way I would approach this game. I, I think I, I really like that, and I think that uh, the more we we talk this through, the Miles Sanders thing feels like a slightly unique version of like what we saw with Josh Jacobs when Matt said like the snap cannibalization is happening and these things, it was like Josh Jacobs still in super long down and distance and stuff. Amir Abdullah will come in. Right. And that's kind of what we saw. Like Amir Abdullah will get his 12 snaps. Like we saw with Gainwell, right. Zamir will get two carries, you know, also Boston Scott comes in and gets his couple carries. Assuming a normal game script, obviously when it got out of hand last week, it was different, but miles has kind of taken over this. Now he's not going to get the amount of check downs because Hertz doesn't check it down. Like, like a Derek Carr does or something, but he's kind of like taken over to me, all the most important work in this offense. Oh yeah. Outside of, outside of maybe like the two minute drill or something. And no one's like, caring even though it's the best offense in in you know arguably the best offense in the and, nfl so and a he's very inter- run he's heavy offense at that yeah yeah when we see and, when we talk and, about the best offenses you think of you know pass heavy offenses like the chiefs and the bills but this is a team that moves the ball really efficiently just by pounding you on the ground so i think that and hurts really adds to sanders efficiency it's not like you have a derrick henry situation where he could have a game with 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, like oh. Sanders is averaging five yards a carry on the year because of the threat. <laughs> don't, of don't, don't, do, don't go Alfred Morris corollary on me. Dario, you get me, <laughs> you get me a little, I'm getting, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. It feels like that though. It, it, really is, does. it is. It's a true yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a true fact. Uh, last six weeks, 16 
red zone carries for Miles Sanders. Yeah, he could have he could have had bigger games. He, I, I've watched him get, uh, as a person heavily invested in him in best ball. He's very important for my 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 bank account uh, these next three weeks. <laughs> hey, nice, good but, for well, you, man. I was uh, I fell for the Gainwell T-shirt. I, I have a lot of Gainwell. T- I, I fell the for the Gainwell T-shirt. I, I guilty, guilty. Yeah, you I know? was I was I was just in on the Eagles and uh, luckily got onto a lot of Miles Sanders, so that is helping. Um, and so uh, you know maybe there's a little bias in this this Miles Sanders take, but I really do think. Um, everything we're seeing, you guys have outlined it perfectly, is kind of leaning into him. I think you can build. I like the fields, Miles, with one of the wide receivers. I think you can just, like, onslaught the Eagles and use your ES, right? How do you get Hurts, AJB, Miles? If you want to really go crazy and put Devonta in there, especially if Goddard doesn't play, then -hmm. you can just really load up. Use your ESB to to get your salary savings to get those guys. I, I just think that ESP is also really... the only guy I hate to say it. I, I don't think I've ever used this phrase before. ESP is the only eye test guy in this receiving core. <laughs> that is true. I mean, he's the only guy that the gets the ball in the passing game. And I'm like, Oh, this is, in, this is exciting. <laughs> this looks good. This guy looks like he has a clue out there. This is fun. <laughs> Please don't mention Dante Pettis, Dario. Remember how many years ago was it that Pettis was on the 49ers and he got dog? He got he he was he was Brandon Ayuk before Brandon Ayuk, except not good. <laughs> it was like 2016, he, maybe. He got doghoused or whatever. You know, he was like a the the breakout wide receiver pick on the dusty 49ers, and uh, and he just bent. He didn't even play. He's like Alberto. He's like, he's the wide receiver Alberto, oh, basically. Um, I want to move on to the next game and i think i will i think we should talk about a game that feels similar to this one in terms of the expected game script and uh high-powered offense against quite terrible team on the other side and then we can start to get into the ones where we might actually get a little bit of pushback each each side chiefs texans is the other one that feels very very similar to me to eagles bears however with the chiefs (laughs) I'm definitely going to need you guys to tell me who, who besides Travis Kelsey we can play on the Chiefs because they should score as many points as they want to score. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I could be talked into a lot of guys here on the mm-hmm. Chiefs side. So Dario, start to help me out with the Chiefs, and then we'll we'll go dumpster diving eventually on all these these. What <laughs> I'm not allowed to call them losers. I'll come up with a new all these these uh, these castaways castaways on the. It was the just text. when you said it. it just, I don't know why. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game like everything's lining up perfectly for Isaiah Pacheco. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about him week in, week out, it feels like, and he's had promising usage, but not really had a monster signature game yet this season. It's coming. And I, I think against the Texans who have the worst run defense in the league, it just feels like this is going to be the spot for Pacheco. And I think that Kadarius Tony is a possible return this week. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Sounds like me, Cole Hardman, they're leaning toward having him sit one more week. So yeah. that's at least one thing that's a little clearer. But I think even with Tony, Tony. you probably want to limit your pass catcher exposure to like Juju, Kelsey, and then a little bit of Tony, a little bit of MVS. I think we, when Tony and Hardman were out, you can roll the dice on Justin Watson or Sky Moore. I think with Tony back, it's kind of those three receivers with Tony, MVS, Juju, and then Kelsey. 
You know, I can already read all the best ball articles for Kadarius Tony in 2023 comparing him to Curtis Samuel. <laughs> it's like they write themselves. <laughs> right? I've already they're already written, guys. AI bots already wrote don't even bother writing them. They're already yeah. written, okay? You don't need to write them. I'm also not going to pay attention to them because it's not correct. They're not the same player. Kadarius Tony's never going to happen. Pacheco <laughs> is though. Pacheco is I have the most fraudulent stat uh, of the year, if you guys want it, you guys want it? Yes. Hit me with it. Isaiah Pacheco has increased his total receptions on a per game basis for the last four weeks. Oh, you that is. Yeah, that is very, very true. Look at this. That's right. For the last four weeks, Pacheco has increased his targets and his receptions each and every week. It went from zero to one to two <laughs> to three. If, Pencil if and Pacheco, four. four targets, four, four receptions. He doesn't if have four. four if he week. doesn't have four uh-huh. targets and four catches. I mean, I will eat my hat. <laughs> okay. This is the I mean, I've never of, seen something more certain. <laughs> You know, in in the history of of, of this sort is of a consecutive numbers, <laughs> this is yeah, inside DFS. I mean, this is really analytical stuff you're getting from us over here at Player Profiler. <laughs> Though it is interesting, oh, right, that he is getting a little bit more incrementally used in the passing yeah. game. Uh, it's a fraudulent stat, but it's not nothing. I mean, just a little bit of it, 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 like you said. I think it when you take it in the whole picture. And you say they're clearly just trusting him more. However, mm-hmm. you want to break that down in specific analytics. I'm not sure the stepladder target uh, target uh, we- Man, weekly targets. Man, in the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco is going to get like nine targets. <laughs> How many weeks away is the Super Bowl? Yeah, <laughs> maybe like that eleven. Took me a second, Dario. <laughs> that took me a second, and then when I once it hit, <sighs> man, it was so good. It felt so. We're good gonna once have to. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a Super Bowl show, and we're gonna be jamming that Pacheco captain because he gets that's, that's content, people. That that is good, but I, I mean, I do think to be serious, P- Pacheco feels like this <laughs> dollar store version of the Miles Sanders conversation we just had, continuing to earn a little bit more and a little bit more. Now McKinnon is certainly a lot more of a thorn in the side than Gainwell, but they also don't have a Boston Scott, so it's kind of like you're giving up some of that. Boston Scott risk randomly siphoning off a touchdown uh, to give away some of the you know pass game work and stuff that McKinnon is getting. But in this game, uh, you know, unless Mahomes does his crazy <laughs> pulls off another, you know, pulls a rabbit out of a hat on a scramble where he throws the ball over his head to McKinnon for a long touchdown. Theoretically, it lines up a lot more for for Pacheco this week. So, I, I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense in tournaments. Is he Matt? Would he be your favorite chief? though to yes. play or you yes still yes this okay. is a slap your forehead game for pacheco it's a slap your forehead game all the way it's going to be six o'clock and you everyone's going to be like how did how did we not have more pacheco i mean wasn't it obvious yes it was obvious why didn't you well it's pacheco i don't know seventh mm-hmm. round pick ah, hasn't done it before all those things right we it's this is everything man i mean i can so i can i can so in my head envision like watching the red zone channel and then flashing right and and Scott Hansen and you could just see Pacheco running down the sideline, (laughs) 
right? And they're just flashing, they're just flashing to a Chiefs game because they, they weren't in the red zone at the time, but then quickly flashing to a Chiefs game where there goes Pacheco. And everyone's like, oh, that's of course. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. He runs a 4 3 7. The yeah. guy's really explosive. He just hasn't had a big, long, hairy touchdown run yet. It's a great gift that he hasn't done it yet. Had he done it once this year, everyone would be like, oh, well, ooh, this is the new. We're going to get two of those this week. Yeah, he would be 6,700 and more popular, right? We it's haven't funny seen how that it works. Yet. There's been yeah. no, I mean, he's been, it's been so tantalizing, so close, right? He, he's not the best, like, fundamentally sound runner i know that <laughs> no he runs right like a crazy person yeah it's, <laughs> he doesn't look under control out there <laughs> right he looks like he's just learning the position but like isn't that like exactly what we're looking for here isn't that exactly what we, we the aesthetics aren't quite right the game log watchers are like yeah this guy's an rb17 it's so perfect that's why we have player profiler like no guys no 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 they give up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs in the running game, not in the passing game. That's why we break it down. It's very important. We have a next game block on player profile. We break it down. Defensive matchup by rush versus receiving for running backs. And Houston is number one in fantasy points against on the ground. And they're actually above average in terms of their defense against receiving backs. So this isn't the week to play McKinnon. It's a bad week for McKinnon. It's the week from Pacheco. Mm-hmm. So overthink I do it. think I'm just not overthinking it. Why I, would I? I, I? I agree with you. I'm I'm more intrigued now. Maybe the greatest quarterback of all time is uh, not someone I, I really want to like stick my neck out and say, no, I, uh, you can't play him. Oh, Patrick you're playing can, him. Patrick Mahomes can bury you at any point. But I think oh. if we're. Before, before racking and stacking the Chiefs side of things, like in comparison to the Eagles game, uh, I, I would, I would, I think I would be on more Pacheco and more Hertz than Mahomes, you know, out of 150. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I were, if I were deciding between the premium stacks, right, I yes. would lean more into Hertz and less into Mahomes. Again, yeah, if you're talking you're about total, playing, yeah, a total shares out of 150. Mm-hmm. You're going to have more Hertz and Pacheco than Mahomes, but you're certainly going to have Mahomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, the it, nice it, thing about Mahomes is that the, the Houston doesn't give up a lot of there's so much, the, the, the game script is just so positive when you face the Texans. The quarterbacks don't need to drop back much. So mm-hmm. they don't actually score that many fantasy points against Houston. That's a factor here. Like we're going to look up is going to be Mahomes, like 260 yards, two touchdowns, and, you know, Good. Great. Cool. And 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 what I want to talk about now, this is, people have some good questions. Should I have some questions about the Texans side of things is what we saw last week with them. Now, one could easily argue that was a the most obvious uh, situation of the Cowboys being the Cowboys and just letting the Texans, you know, nearly beat them for some unbelievable reason. But if they can write do like what we talked about with the with the Giants last week against the Eagles and the Bears this week against the Eagles. And if they could do what they did against the Cowboys this week, it, I'm not saying they need to be beating the Chiefs, but pushing them, right? Scoring points. They scored a bunch of points last week against the Cowboys. If that happens, then your Mahomes stacks are like, okay, now I don't have any Patrick Mahomes and the Texans are up 
14 to three, you know, or whatever. Uh, am I expecting that? Of course not. But I do think that clearly there are Texans here that are going to get played in, in, in tournaments. Mm. Damian Pierce is out. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are out again. So there's theoretical value here. But Dario is there. You know, was this a smokescreen last week? What? Uh, how do you feel about all this uh, with these Texans? I just think that, I mean, Chris Moore, it's funny because I know you and I talked about Chris Moore weeks ago, Eric, and uh-huh. we were like, we were, we were on him before anyone else knew. And then that last week was when he finally broke out big in a big way. But I just think at 23% ownership, you're just taking Are you on way kidding too much me? risk no. for what? <laughs> no. Shut. He's the second highest projected oh, what player. The... Can you? St- every... <laughs> I feel like this is every other weekend on this show. <laughs> I, you guys do this to me. It's like a slap in the face. I'm like insulted. What? Yeah. Chris, uh, Moore was, Chris Moore was cute when it was half a percent ownership. Oh, <laughs> god but this is this is extreme i think that oh, i mean i'm surprised just, these people are just asking for just philip dorsett down their throat where's burkhead's ownership because i would have thought yep. that he'd be I the mean, chalk pivot he's only what is he like less than 5k on DraftKings, isn't what he the hell? burkhead's way down here burkhead is half a 4600 and he's half a percent owned yeah can you can i want to hear what you guys are thinking about that uh, backfield though burkhead uh, Dare, are they gonna bring Jared Dokes up or what? What? what, what well, Goomba Wale the... catches passes. That's the issue. Is uh, if Burkhead's gonna go into the Damian Pierce role, that's a pretty shitty role for fantasy. <laughs> yes, I. I mean, I think that Burkhead has kind of he's established himself as a pass catching back this year, but he hasn't had a game with more than two targets since week seven. So he kind of got phased out as the team started trusting Pierce more in the passing game. Right. And I think that the, um, the, all the changeups at quarterback, I don't think Kyle Allen was throwing as much to the running backs in general. Like Davis Mills was a big dump off guy. Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce both had healthy target shares for, for a little stretch there. And then, I mean, Burkhead hasn't seen more than 25% of snaps since also week seven. So he's, mm-hmm kind of just been getting phased out in favor of Pierce for a little while now. I don't that, that definitely complicates things, but I think that he's I mean for 4.6k in a game where he has the proven pass catching chops and we we know they're going to be playing from behind. I think that I mean I I thought he was going to be chalk like when I was doing, you know, looking at lineups early in the week and the salaries, he seemed like an obvious value should Pierce missed the game, and I, I think at half a percent, that's like kind of a easy. That that makes him my easy run yeah. back on the Texans easy, for sure. Easy, yeah. easy, easy, easy money. We're always looking for value, right? We didn't we talk about this RB two whatever. <laughs> yep. Right. It's RB two whatever, man. Whatever you want to do at RB, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever you want to do at RB two, whatever. It's like, like when we'll you're drafting out, your like best a... ball teams, you get one running back in the first two rounds, <laughs> yeah. and then don't even think about RB two until I, I, round ten. Don't ask me yeah. on Friday what we're doing. Ask me Sunday morning we're doing with RB2, and I'll tell you. Right? And we'll figure it out, and it's going to be a crusty friggin' who cares. <laughs> I mean, right? last week that could have led you to stumble upon Jarek McKinnon for all yes, you. Yes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. J.K. So Dobbins. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. what if they start Goomba Wale or something, and they announce him as a star? I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to announce Burkhead, though. Why not? Yeah. They're probably when, when he's announced the starter, he's going to get 15 touches. 
and you're going to want to play him. It's that easy. It's that simple. I do Maybe. think there the 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 concern is just would any of these guys really take on a true meaningful role? I do agree that the price and as a runback option, uh, particularly with honestly both of the two guys having pass catching chops, it makes it a lot more comfortable than say when we used to talk about Pierce at like sixty two hundred with potential mm-hmm. to get scripted out. Oh. Right, that yeah. that th- those Gross. were issues. So it's it's much better now. But I do think. That's you a name. Also... That's a name, Eric. Have we used the name Damian Pierce in the show? Like, you think no, and about he's it. always chalk. He's always he's always chalk. I know, but think about it. I mean, I'm not trying to like sell. This isn't a commercial for this show. Okay, I'm not trying to do a commercial, but okay, <laughs> there are certain teams that don't show up in our analysis very often, and there are certain players within that subset of teams that just don't show up for the variety of reasons because we don't talk about their team we don't talk about types of players that they are just so happens that we've recommended damian pierce absolutely never <laughs> and it i can't it was anyone uh, kicking themselves oh damn it i wish i'd played pierce maybe once but that was before anyone was really playing him right so you know you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i do i do agree um, I did just want to touch on, I think that the running back position is just maybe a smidge trickier than like, I'm definitely not saying don't play Burkhead, but I think it feels comfy because like we've seen Burkhead do it before, right? He has the, uh, had that passing down role before he did get out snapped somewhat handily by Dare last week. They did have Eno play some snaps too. I just feel like it could be like, Eno's out of 40%. the picture though. He got, got yeah. claimed by the <laughs> yeah. Saints. Because apparently he's the world's biggest asshole that lives. Like, why don't why they? Cl- he, why don't they? I, I met Eno Benjamin at the Senior Bowl. Fantastic fellow. Is he? A, yeah. Well, he's. I, he, he was a nice guy. I think he's become. You. I think he's become embittered by the league. <laughs> he had a bad <laughs> attitude. I think you have a bad yeah. attitude. And, and you know what, buddy? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get Dokes or Freeman in here. I mean, Freeman, I think, Freeman, I think Royce Freeman also. is a threat to steel carries. I have him yeah. projected for a little bit of a I, mean, I think the Royce Freeman is a more likely candidate to get called up than Jared Dokes. Yeah. So that's just my fear that they, they're going to bring up. If they bring up Freeman, it's going to get very muddled. You're right. You're right. But you're going to do you're going to do some Burkhead run back. You are going to do that. Mm-hmm. Not the craziest thing. Five catches for 30 yards is yeah, no. eight points right there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because Burkhead just has those games on his resume where he'll come in, be a starter for a team for out of pure desperation. I mean, looking at 28 points and two touchdowns week 16 last year. I feel like he does this oh, every year. He comes in every with a 20 year plus the end of the performance <laughs> in the end of the season. Yeah, some just team... hammering home touchdowns. Yes. And then Damian Pierce is like, where was this carry when I wanted it? <laughs> Add this to our Pacheco analysis of. You know, every week he gains another target. Every year, Rex Burkhead has a big game at the end of the season. So this one, you know, this has got to be. Yeah, gotta be this a, is I, not Pacheco level slap your forehead. This is like, <laughs> hey, this is a thing that could maybe happen. So dabble, mm-hmm. but don't be. He crazy. definitely has the upside, right? He clearly has the, and not even just because of what you know years past. I mean, if he's going to get right, Damian Pierce would have had the upside if he didn't lose all the these valuable 
pass catching, you know, opportunities when the team would fall behind. Well, if you give that to a guy, plus you give him the goal line work Mm -hmm. and, you know, some of this inefficient work. Well, now he does have the upside, especially at 4,600. It's just, there's also scenarios in which it's like 30% to to you, right? It's Oprah. You get a carry, you get a carry, you get a carry. And, you know, we don't, we don't really care about any of them. If we don't care about any of them, though, I know I I really don't want to talk talk about mega chop Chris Moore, but is there, but can we leverage off of Chris Moore at all with any of these other guys? Amari Rogers popped up for a, it's a Packers castaway wide receiver slate. Let's play Amari Rogers and, and ES and, and, and ESB, but can we play Dorsett or Amari Rogers if we're not playing a chalk Chris Moore? I think you might as well play Dorsett. He's running all the routes. Like one, Thank one you. week could be Chris Moore. And the next week could be Dorsett. Like, Thank you. I think it's just as reasonable he's run you know 92 percent of the routes last week 75 the week before he didn't really get the looks last week but he had trayvon Diggs on him so this week maybe the chiefs say oh chris moore's your best receiver and then that opens things up for dorsett i don't know i just think that with yeah with, with the way that um the the 23 is is absurd for he ran a 428 at his pro day fellas the guy has deep speed. That's what you're looking for at value. Coming in at 3.3K on DraftKings, 5.3K on FanDuel. This is this is the run back, fellas. Ownership's going like to be like it. 2%. This is it. This is it. He breaks free for a long touchdown. He puts up three for 101 and a touch. Got to get to that bonus, Eric. I think <laughs> Tell that to please, DJ don't, Chark. Don't uh, don't chark us. Yeah, please. Don't chark us around. I can't do any more ninety nine yards on unknown. Stop charking unknown around. players. Yeah, Get um, to that hundred yards. I do think. Uh, do I remember when we finally got the Foster Moreau week? We spent mm-hmm. that Friday talking about like, okay, look, everybody has. I'm not. It's not quite the same thing because it's not like people were playing Dorset frequently, but everybody had given up on Foster Moreau, and you said it perfectly. It's like. Nothing has changed. He's still getting targets. He runs every single route. He's out there. The matchup's good. Blah blah blah. It's gonna come. And like Philip Dorsett feels like you know uh, a you know crappier but wide receiver version of that to me. It's like everybody's focusing in. I I think people will actually play Amari Rogers because he mm. produced last week despite the fact that he really didn't. He ran half the routes or so. And so it's like people are just gonna gravitate to the guys who did it last week. The difference between Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett is okay. Maybe Chris Moore is a little bit better, right? Should project a little bit better, but I think we're really focusing in on the fact that he drew all those targets last week. When in reality, there's nothing in Chris Moore's history to say he earns that many more targets than Philip Dorsett does. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like that that type of a situation. Let's let's play the guy that is doing the same thing as Chris Moore, basically, but just it just has you know the ball hasn't bounced his way quite quite the same. Totally, yeah. yeah. I, I, and in some ways, Dorsett has some similarities to Pacheco in that way as well. Yeah. So that's where, you know, 5.9K on DraftKings for Pacheco, 3.3 for Dorsett, right? You're spending less than 10K on two players. That's incredible value. That's a skinny stack of a game with one of the highest totals uh, for two players that could get could get some, you know, score three touchdowns between them. Mm-hmm. And like on your guys's point projections, it looks like there's about a five point gap between yeah. Moore and Dorset. I have them a lot closer together on our projections at Player Profiler. It's more like a two, two and a half point gap. So I, I think, think that, that I, I think that like, sounds a little bit closer to me. I, I I don't think that 
there's I'm not gonna take a one game sample from Chris Moore as like Chris oh Moore. this guy's this guy's a hidden gem they just unlocked <laughs> he's he's been he's been a target target volume king this entire season just waiting in the wings. I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, we've seen 10 target games from Nico Collins week in and week out. So I, I think that this Texans offense is just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're just waiting for the draft to roll around. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. 100%. But in the worst way, playing all these 30 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why can't, what Brevin are you Jordan doing on the field? Why can't Brevin Jordan get on the field? Can someone just explain play this your to me? rookies? I don't get this. I don't oh, get it. The NFL, man. Don't even get me started. Yeah, they're going to roll out Royce Freeman. And don't Rex get me started. At running back. And and th- their receiving room is like o- old. Like literally, really. Chris Moore's 29. Dorsett's 29. Like what What are we doing here? Uh, anyway, let's move on from the, those uh, uh, unfortunate fellas there on the Texans. We talked about them enough. Let's talk about a game that's a lot more fun to actually play both sides on and you don't have to play a chalky Chris Moore or talk yourself into Philip Dorsett or, or anything like that. Cowboys I don't need to be talking to, to Dorsett. Cowboy. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're going to be playing 150 uh, ESB and oh Philip yeah, Dorsett, way, Philip Dorsett. Out, way out ahead on. Dorsett. It's like you, you can afford your, your Eagles super stack with Jamar chase. If you just play nobodies in the rest of your lineup, this <laughs> yeah. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this season is so stupid. Um, <laughs> Cowboys Jags though is a lot more fun, uh, uh, you know, kind of on both sides, game environment, all that. A little bit more of a typical game we like to talk about here, where we kind of expect a little bit more fireworks on both sides, some pushback. Um, but it's interesting because uh, I-, I find myself naturally kind of gravitating to Dak Prescott stacks um, here. I think that we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the field will be a little bit more interested in uh, the other side with, with Trevor Lawrence, because he's been the guy kind of ripping it up and he's still, he's still cheap. Whereas Dak has not been awesome fantasy wise, you know, he's 15, 17, 20, whatever, you know, a, a high game of 26, but 
if you go look at those games, they're scoring a ton of points and they're playing really efficiently on offense, especially since Gallup has been back. It's just damn Zeke and Pollard score every one of the touchdowns. And the moment that flips, I mean, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Land, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, all at reasonable prices and reasonable ownership, I think um, is, is something I'm interested in. I know we're showing here as Dak being a little higher owned and he will be on DraftKings, but like FanDuel at 7,500, you know, just feels like a smash to me. I don't know what you guys think about uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I was, I'm surprised that Tony Pollard's ownership isn't any higher. I mean, I know that his price just keeps going up because he keeps crushing is that a recording from every week that you're saying right now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's it's shocking to me that he's only projected for six percent on DraftKings, and I mean two percent on FanDuel makes sense because he's like really priced up on FanDuel. Yeah, but I mean, I I would have expected him to be in the like fifteen percent range, and I was ready to say, okay, instead of Pollard at fifteen percent, play Zeke at three percent. Now that Zeke is cheaper. But, I mean, they're both kind of low-owned. I mean, Zeke even more so. I think that, I mean, yeah, going into the week, I was looking at Zeke and just saying, you know, he's gotten cheaper now. He's still getting the goal line touches. He's still got a pretty decent role. But, I mean, the fact that Pollard isn't even as chalky as he should be um, mm-hmm. just makes me say, like, keep keep playing both of those guys. But I think you're right in in looking to Dak too, like this, this Cowboys offense, like you said, has just been hyper efficient these last few weeks. Why not? Why yeah, not? What's your favorite? I mean, every every week, I, every week we talk about this. We're, we're, we're overweight on Dak and underweight on Trevor Lawrence. That's every week on this show. Mm-hmm. Right. Dak's back, baby. Let's go. He looks good. I yeah, think he looks great. He looks great. You have, you have all these Dallas. options. You have, it's, 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 you have, you have, it's dealer's choice. You can go lamb. You want to pay up for the, the the premium option. You've got your discount outside sort of fake X in Gallup. <laughs> You've got your target hog in tight end in Schultz. You've got your pass catching running back in Pollard where there's not actually the, uh, the negative correlation that you're getting with like a Zeke. I mean, dealer's choice, but that's why you, you end up being so far out ahead on ownership with Dak, because you have just a lot of different options, a lot of different combinations you can play. Definitely. Um, do you do you guys have a a preference of a cowboy? And then uh, Dario, what do you think about the the Jag side? Because Christian Kirk has just never really been a guy at the prices he's gotten to after he's really kind of exploded, and then he always gets ownership too. He he becomes a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a tricky click for me sometimes. Not that he's bad. Um, Zay, if Zay's getting ownership, it's always like kind of a no for me. We talked about him in yeah, the it's funny. past we, couple like, of weeks. The the Zay train is always like high ownership sucks, does well yeah. on low ownership, and then it's, just amazing. Like, yeah, it's we, amazing. We've aced the Zay test, you know. There's nowhere else. If I had to give like a resume for this show, I'd be like <laughs> Zay Jones every week, we get it right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. I think that I mean eleven percent not as bad as the the week that we were looking at like twenty plus percent Zay Jones. That was the hard fade. That was like a Chris Moore situation where it's like, hey guys, yeah, I'm yeah. fine getting beat by this guy. <laughs> you check check my ownership at zero, please, on this guy. It's Chris it, it Moore. Was this, please write was, down a zero. Thank you. This is this is literally the Chris Moore like career high targets, career game, right? 11 catches for one, 145 for Zay. And everybody says, oh, now it's the Lions. Got to play him. 
got to play Chris Moore on the bring back right to to the Chiefs. He had the big game, and then two for six, two for sixteen the next week. Just feels that's just what it feels like. And that I mean that's what I feel about Zay this week as well. Not not just because he had a big game again last week, but you know this is a tougher spot, right? He has he's an inconsistent player. This is not the world's best spot. His price is like fine, but not great. Like, honestly, I've been joking about ESB and the kind of scrubby wide receivers we've been talking about. I would much rather punt with one of those guys than play Zay at his at his ownership, I think, even though it gets fine, like 12% or whatever. But I'm just not excited about it. I'm struggling with the Jaguars because I'm not excited about it. I'm no, not excited about it. How can you get excited? It's hard to get excited. We're, we're, we're very much in a uh, sort of a a – one-sided stacking week mm-hmm. i mean last week evan ingram i mean we kind of have to talk about that right i mean it's yeah. 160 yards two touchdowns i believe was the stat line he went full yep. hawkinson on us yeah <laughs> god damn it yeah he went full. but by the answer to your question eric uh, the answer is michael gallup so yep. michael gallup has not been this cheap in my memory since what, maybe his second year in the league. It's been forever. 4.5 K is as cheap as I've ever seen him. Yeah, at least this year. Yeah. And then last year, I mean, we, we before the ACL tear, he was more expensive than that. So it's like, it's oh, yeah. not, it, you're getting, you're getting great value against the Jaguars. The, the targets are there. Seven targets a game. He's getting incrementally more confident in the knee as the weeks go on. We're going to look up one of these weeks and, oh, what is it? Eight weeks into the season, post-ACL recovery, the guy has one of these monster 120 yards and two touchdowns, and that's going to be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. We're X weeks in from the ACL recovery, and he's finally fully confident, and he played the Jaguars. It all lines up, and we just so happen to run into the the lowest salary uh, of the year for him so i think it, it just makes too much sense and because this isn't a go-to game for people then he, you know he, and and he's michael gallup like he's about to be 27 years old and everyone's over him his ownership yeah. is hovering around 2.5 percent everything is lining up for me with michael gallup this week not a guy we love to play not a guy i'm, I'm like you know but th- this would be the week mm-hmm yeah, and I, I think I, I I mentioned this last week. I played him last week. I think he's just he's been getting targets at least six targets in five of the last six games. A lot of air yards, you know, 71 air yards, 135, 76, 98. This is just like the nature of Michael Gallup. He had the two touchdown game on a Sunday night, of course. So none of us got to play him <laughs> on a main slate good, that though. week. That's kind of good. That doesn't that, that's, it, he hasn't yeah, really it, been a factor still on the main sneaky. slate. Yeah, it's a main like slate it. breakout for Mr. Michael Gallup. I feel I feel like this is like one of those uh, people that Eric has a star next to him. This feels Michael like, Gallup feels like a very uh, this feels like a very Eric pick. A hundred percent. This feels he he feels you you said it earlier. He he feels Charkian to me. Oh, very <laughs> right. It's the same arc that Chark took. Get back on the field. Right. That's step one. Get back on the field, start running all the routes, then start to get a little comfortable. And now you're getting you're getting the air yards. Right. It just it hasn't popped the in the Jaguars. box. Score. And the, yeah. And you get this amazing matchup. It's like that's yeah. what happened with DJ Chark. And then poof, Vikings game. Right. And Trayvon they, Campbell they or whoever the hell. Yeah. And I think that 
we've seen Trevor Lawrence take some big steps forward the last few weeks. So I do feel more confident about the Jaguars pushing the Cowboys back in this game. Definitely. Than if this game were in like week three of this year when the Jaguars were looking, I mean, the Jaguars actually looked really good in week three, but you know, for, for a while there, they were kind of lost. Um, and so I, I think that's a factor here too. But like Matt said, I think that it's tough to, I think we, we don't want to exactly chase the last week's result for Lawrence either. I, I think that the Cowboys defense is a very different beast than, um, you know, I think it was the Titans. Like the Titans pass yeah. defense is a joke that he, he shredded last week, which, yep. yeah, I think, yeah, that's, but yeah, in, in, in summary, I think you can be hopeful that Trevor Lawrence can at least put up more of a fight than, than we, might have I, I don't mind point ago. chase on Evan Ingram though. I, I was just gonna say he's uh, kind of yeah. Uh, uh, sign me up to point chase Evan Ingram. He's three percent. It, it's you know point chasing when everyone else is point chasing, mm-hmm. right? Zay Jones. See, it's his teammate. When you he's when eight. you point chase just to point chase, and and all of our opponents are doing it, it's like well that's the easiest call not to do it. Exactly. But no one is doing this. Tight end as usual. I mean, Chig. I like Chig. Okay. I like Chigo Conquo just fine, but that's the highest tight end on the yeah. slate. Chig well, that's Conquo. point chasing. Right. Well, that but, is right. point and, chasing. And Chig, I mean, like, again, also like Chig, but he's still running less routes than Austin Hooper. Like, he's yeah. still, he's, he's a John toys, Smith. Yeah. But the shiny toys are so easy to spot. It's like, and so he, down the Ingram road, I can this, see it. Ingram then makes this bring back easy. that, like, Who's to mm-hmm. say? I know. I know it, the matchup, right? I'm not. No one is expecting 15. Tar- I don't need 42 points <laughs> to win <laughs> with Evan Ingram. You know Maybe what I mean? 18, he had 14 the week before. He's had 18. He's had 15. He's had 12. He's had 13. It's like do that, and he's and still dirt cheap. Yeah, we're getting yeah, him for free. We're getting the 18. That's our goal. Give us the 18, buddy. You do that. Yep. He does that a few times every year. Yeah. So I, I like, I like the Dak, like Dak, CD, Gallup, mm. Ingram is I really like in this game a lot as a, as, as I a like, I, if you want to take lamb out of there. Yeah. I like Dak Gallup Pollard Ingram. I think that's fine too. Yep. That's a great that, one. Just cause and you know, like running Dalton back Schultz is, has been, I mean, I think D- Dak Prescott just loves Dalton Schultz. I mean, <laughs> it's funny the difference in Dalton Schultz stat lines. I know he was like dealing with an injury too, but the amount of times that the looks that he gets from Dak Prescott compared to like when Cooper rush was playing, is night and day. Like Dak Prescott just loves throwing to Dalton Schultz underneath. I think these are probably my two favorite tight ends on the slate. Cost adjusted. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is everyone's favorite tight end every week. But I, I think, you know, and Schultz is picking up a little bit more ownership. That's kind of why I was like, okay, well, if mm-hmm. I like Ingram almost about the same and I like the Dallas, we like Gallup and, and such, I think you can leverage the field a smidge with the Ingram side of things, but I mean, I'm not, it's, I'm not writing off Dalton Schultz. I I would be playing Dalton Schultz as well in, uh, in stacks, not in stacks, whatever. I think he's one of the best, you know, the ownership's coming in too, but I think he's one of the best tight end plays on, on the slate. All right. We do have a couple more games we wanted to hit. Um, Let's do chargers Titans. Cause I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend that much time talking about the bucks. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. Uh, No, I don't either. I just, uh, that, that they're even on the agenda was, yeah, something. <laughs> Chargers uh, the Titans being on the agenda is kind of uh, fascinating too. But Chargers Titans is really fun because we have this Titans defense that Dario just outlined, uh, particularly their pass defense. They they, they do this stupid old school uh, right scheme. 
like like the Bucks did. Let's stop the run, and then we're going to be susceptible to the, to the pass. While every other offense in the yeah. NFL, I don't is know if anyone to has told them you. this yet, but passing is actually more efficient than running the ball. So you're better off being better at stopping the pass than stopping the run. Like Mike Vrabel, if you're out there, it's amazing. Oh, Vrabes. But so we get. It doesn't matter. It's like they're they're, they're in a division with Jacksonville, Indy, and Houston. He doesn't. It's not like they're gonna. I mean, if if they do, wow! I guess Jacksonville's Jacksonville could games. force this. They're they're two games behind, yeah, and they, they have to play each oh, other going one more time in Week 18. I, I'm kind of keeping an eye on that division oh, race. Oh, that's God! That's a great. Po- I didn't realize they, they could play each other again. Oh wow! Jacksonville actually has a much better point differential as well. They could like, easily Tennessee could easily whittle this whole lead away just by mm-hmm. running the ball. <laughs> Unbelievable! I oh, I want this to happen so badly. I want this team to be held accountable. Yes. Well, and so where where I think it starts is this week. Now it is interesting because obviously Derrick Henry has a pretty good matchup against the old Chargers. You know, uh, paper thin run defense. The Chargers, however, have just as good of a matchup through the air. And as Dario said, I think if I'm going to lean into something, I would like it to be a really effective passing game. And so the Titans are going to be pushed here 100% just like last week. I don't, you know, I think Derrick Henry is going to be successful, but how successful is he going to be, you know, at 8K in DFS? And and if they are getting shredded on the other side, Dontrell Hilliard is out. Um, he suffered a neck injury last week and was ruled out pretty quick for, for this week. So, Theoretically, maybe that puts Derrick Henry with some more pass catching volume. It's it's a it's an interesting game because um, I just really expect the Chargers to shred through the air, uh, and Mike Williams is really cheap and not that popular. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, you guys got to talk talk me through this one. How are you approaching it, Dario? Yeah, I think this is the cheapest that stacking Justin Herbert with Mike Williams and Keaton Allen will maybe ever be like. I think this is like this is this is kind of like my highlighted play of the week in um, the first mover show that I do on Mondays. And I just think that, like you said, Mike Williams, he's fully back. He crushed last week. And I'm also surprised that he's only at 11, 12 percent at 6300. I mean, that is just criminally low against this defense, too. It would be one thing if they had a tough matchup, but everything's lining up for Justin Herbert to just light the Titans defense up with Williams and Keenan Allen. So this is, I think it's my favorite play of the week is to stack the chargers. And obviously it's never going to be the cheapest stack, but I think onslaughting that passing game, you can include Eckler or Everett in that too. Mm -hmm. I think is absolutely my favorite play of the week. What do you think, Matt? I mean, God, yeah let's go herbert baby herbert with these weapons it's amazing right it's amazing when you have your weapons like jalen hurt (laughs) has smith and has brown healthy he's smashing Mm -hmm. this is what happens so he gets the weapons back healthy and now we have this tennessee matchup it's 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 almost too good to be true so sure I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Jalen Hurts get the, the 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 max ownership. He deserves it. You're goddamn right he does. That's <laughs> a man right there. But I'm also happy to play more Herbert than anyone else this week. Mm-hmm. I love and, it. Are you are 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 you 
just really focusing in on Mike Williams, Dario, or are you going to sprinkle some Keenan? Josh Palmer's still probably a little too expensive for those guys being back. And then and I know you mentioned Everett, but I was just curious about kind of Keenan and, and Mike, because I, I just can never really click Keenan Allen. Maybe that's a leak. I don't, I don't know, but it's just hard for me to not just, not just stick with Mike Williams here. So uh, Eric, Keenan Allen has had 14 targets in each of the last two games. That's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. It's, it's widely known. Um, <laughs> so. You got to play him, man. God damn it. Here comes the the first 40 point Keenan Allen game in years when I don't when I don't play him. You gotta play him. You can't come back with my you can't fade him, man. Do not fade him. So are you are you I think you I, just want him in doubles? How are you kind of approaching the Herbert? Yeah, stacks, I think basically, basically because... like I would mix and match between like Williams, Eckler, Allen, and Everett, probably in that order. Like I think because Eckler is only like 8% projected ownership, mm-hmm. Eckler is going to get his 10 targets. Like you're going to, I think there's going to be a lot of like I, my favorite double stack is probably Eckler and Williams get the, the deep threat and the long, like the, the, you know, the big touchdown threat in Mike Williams. And then, you know, Austin Eckler's like 12 underneath targets. <laughs> I think there's, there's probably a world where I'll build some triple stack lineups with, Allen Williams and Eckler and then you know just like punt plays everywhere else I do think that you know I just talked about this when we mentioned Chig while we were talking about the last game but I think that when you look at ownership it makes a lot of sense to pivot to Hooper like he could just as easily get the touchdown he gets the red zone targets he's running as many or more routes most weeks I think that given the disparity in ownership I think you probably pivot to Hooper pay the extra no, he's cheaper too. Because hundred dollars, yeah, I was gonna say cheaper. I, I get it, guys. It, we're talking about around. we're talking about like a a full blown tight end committee <laughs> in twenty twenty two. Oh my god, the state of this tight end position. I can't do it. I can't. I can't go Hooper. You guys, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, I am out. I'd rather I'd rather go Cameron Braid or something. You guys want to go Hooper? Oh, that's God. That, that's what we're talking about. When you guys are doing Otten versus Brett, it's gotta, so bad. We got to change the we got to change the conversation. This is from terrible. Hooper. Versus Meanwhile, Cameron what Wright. I think is interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll do your favor. Okay. <laughs> so what's interesting is you've got Everett sandwiched between Schultz and Komet yep. and Ingram. It's perfect. It's perfect. His price is up enough, 4.3K, where you're just going to get a lot of people not playing him because, like, hey, it doesn't work as well. Da, da, da. I got to like, double stack with the wide receivers, and then I have my Ecklers. And... You know, in a vacuum, I absolutely love Everett. More Everett, than, baby. I think more that's the story here at tight end. Is like, we Hooper. have plenty of choices this week at tight end. You have a Conquo, you can play him a little bit. Though though he is so chalky, I don't, the chalk might come down on him. That's hard yeah. for me to believe. I, I don't know. I'm still probably going to play some. I don't know. He was quite. real chalky at 2700 last week. Now it's a 400, but then he paid everybody off. So yeah, he's, he's not Hunter Henry's low, out there. Sure. There's just options, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. There's options. You got Dulcich against uh, Arizona, I believe. Yep. So yeah. there's. This price zone, there's a lot of options. I don't think you need to worry about Tennessee, uh, and I'm not. Uh, but I, but you're right. It's 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 a bit tricky in terms of. Yeah, I think rarely it's, play. 
a non-mobile quarterback without a run back, that does not yeah, seem I think like a good idea. I yeah, feel so like we got to find somebody. I just don't – I don't – dumpster diving for Austin Hooper I think is a mistake. I think so what do you what do we like on the Titans? The world where you play um a Derrick Henry run back is probably where you stack Herbert with maybe like Williams and Everett and just get like the cheapest options on Herbert mm-hmm. play Henry on the way back cuz I I mean I can't get very excited for Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook Akine. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think I got to go Westbrook Akine. Oh jeez. <laughs> what? I I just the 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 names we've been discussing on this on this here show is it's uh, an encyclopedia of uh, dude when when know. when Burks is out he gets eight targets and scores touchdowns yeah I mean I'm I'm I don't what he really does have that much of an issue no it's what he does so I think that's more of a move than Hooper I'll say that. I can't believe this is a conversation, <laughs> but yeah, what I, what, I'm going to put my thumb on the scale and I'm going to say, I'd rather play Westbrook Akine than Austin Hooper. I just think we've already, like we've already seen Westbrook Akine's best, which is that game where he had two miraculous long touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just praying for one of those to happen again, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just not very exciting on the Titans run back side as a whole. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that it's fine to play him. Uh, my larger point is I want some Everett, baby. Right? I'm all about mm-hmm. point chasing both Ingram and what Ingram did last week. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's, same, same, that's, same that's where I see some edge mm-hmm. here in, same in terms of this particular stack. And I, I think that it's it's pretty remarkable that Everett got eight targets last week when all the Chargers' weapons are still healthy, which true we hadn't seen since week one. Week one, Eckler or Everett had four targets. With and you're all asking the... Eckler at eight point five k to do it all in the receiving game, which he has done and can do. I don't have a strong case for Eckler this week. No, I I definitely prefer Everett. And, and frankly, to be totally honest, and this is also not a me thing. Like you said, Gallup is definitely a, a me kind of a play. Derrick Henry is never a me kind of a play. But, you know, I, I would forego Eckler in lieu of Henry as your bring back mm. if you are adamant about having a bring back from the Titans. With like, So how I would build the lineup would probably be Herbert, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett with Derrick Henry there at, you go. At, at running back, there um, you go. I think and, would be my favorite way. A full Eckler fade is absolutely fine. I think so. We we've already yeah, outlined it, a lot of running backs, right? It's just Pacheco, with that front seven. Sanders, it, it, yeah, it's Pollard. hard. It's hard to it's hard to think of a scenario where against the Titans, Eckler's the guy that's burning you. Right, uh, right, because it has to all come through the you know touch. Obviously, touchdowns, but that the yards got to come through the air, and it's just tough at eighty five hundred. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. You know, a lot of times he's going to score a touchdown from the eight yard line or something on the ground. He's not able to. That Titans don't allow that shit. It's not yeah, happening. They just, they, they, they just let you throw easily. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not a, why we play not a thing line? you see against them. So now we're we're and. He's been remember, remember most of Eckler's production this year has been with one of those two receivers hurt or out. Right. 
So, and now we're saying, well, he needs to, he needs to get there mostly through the air with a, a healthy Allen, a healthy Williams and Everett underrated. Bless you, Dario. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. I didn't hit the mute. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm um, all aboard. So Eckler's ownership's not high, but it's probably going to be no. around, you know, six, seven, eight percent. Yeah. Call so th- there's you could just make all those guys are dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rake is the rake is the rake is theoretically uh, paid there. Yeah. I just like some of these other backs, you know. Yeah. Uh, you we talked pay about Derek Henry with, uh, without fading Eckler. Pay your rake. Um, love you, Eckler. Austin Eckler. Love yeah. you. Great personality. Awesome work ethic. Super skilled player. Love you. Not playing you this week. <laughs> Let's hit really quickly. Uh, this this bang, our last game on our list Bengals Bucks which is probably I can't believe we're saying this also uh, in 2022 that the Bucks games are very difficult because you never want to play any Bucks uh, but they're you know their defense is getting more and more banged up they're losing secondary pieces Vita Vey is out it's becoming a little bit of a of a shit show for the Bucks if their division wasn't so bad. We might be talking about, you know, shutdown season for some of these Bucks guys here down the stretch, but they're fighting for the playoffs and they get a Bengals team who looks to be getting T Higgins back. Tyler Boyd is questionable. Hayden Hurst is still out, but it looks like T is going to play. That's not a guarantee, but he fully practiced today. Hmm. What Dario are you focusing in on other you can talk about Jamar Chase, <laughs> but is it really kind of just we're we're just riding Chase right now, or you know overall Bengal stacks are are just enticing to you, or just kind of what's your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, I mean it's, I think it's so hard with T Higgins after what we saw last week. I'm surprised. Looks like his ownership projects for about six percent. I'm surprised it's even that high because I would think no one can trust him right now. Yeah, he ran one route. Um, Which apparently, did you hear this this story? I, I, they didn't say when he got hurt, so we don't really know that. I would assume in pregame or something, because they mm-hmm. decided he wasn't going to play, despite he wasn't being on the injury report. He snuck onto the field without oh, his coach's geez. permission for that one snap, and that's what they caught him and yanked, and yanked him back out. So he wasn't he wasn't even going to play that one snap last week. Was that for yeah, his that's... contract or something? Why did he do that? <laughs> I don't know. He's an idiot. Is that a bonus <laughs> thing? I don't know. No, I mean, he's, imagine he's still on his rookie contract. I would imagine he doesn't have any weird Yeah, well, well that's what I'm saying. That doesn't make sense. He just wanted to play and be out there with he the He's that hungry? Oh, my God, I got to play him this week. <laughs> well, would you would you want to stand on the sideline and watch Trenton Irwin play for three hours? No, I, man, no, no, I wouldn't. No, but I, 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 I think we all have uh, been listening to enough podcasts and hearing analysis on Chase being a league winner in fantasy football in the in the fantasy playoffs that uh, that that also applies to dfs mm-hmm. like you you're gonna want to play a lot of chase this week a lot mm-hmm. a lot i don't know what a lot is too much for a lot of people but <laughs> uh i'm looking at the ownership right here chris Chimino has him as only the fifth most owned at 16.3 percent the chase rule, which we've established week in last few weeks, uh, add 10, whatever that is, right? <laughs> Remember that? Uh-huh. I think we said, uh, w- was it Zay Jones or someone else? We said someone was at 25%. We said at most 15. No, that wasn't Zay. Zay was I think zero. it was Amon Ra, maybe. Amon Ra. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that was what. Zay, zero, 
Okay. Z is for zero. Uh, when he's, <laughs> when he's, when he's rostered highly. Uh, and then we had, when we flipped the script, we said it was 15 chase, 25% ownership on Amon Ra. We said, flip it and go 15, 25. Uh, so yeah, I think Jamar chase floor in your portfolio, 25%. Yeah, I think that so is, too. I mean, the Bucks secondary is banged up. Jamel Dean was ruled out today. They have, I think, multiple guys on the IR. I can pu- I'll pull up their injury report. Antoine quick, Winfield but... is questionable, but I'm not sure that he's going to play um, either. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a disaster. The Bucks are. Tom kind of Brady a threw his life away for this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. It's bad, but I think epic miscalculation um, there. I, I think it's mostly this game is somewhat straightforward. I'm not saying you can't play a Mixon or a Higgins or whatever. I think that's a little bit of personal preference, but it really is just screams Jamar Chase. Everything that Matt said and Dario has said for weeks about Jamar Chase just feels like the smash in this game, particularly on the Bengals side. But can we get anything from the Buck side? Or are we kind of just like Jamar Chase or bust? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, we talked about how kind of bad, bad everything's been, but you know, Passing volume is going to be passing volume. They're going to throw. They're going to have to throw. Can we can we get any Evans, Godwin, et cetera, in our lineups? I think that so Mike Hilton, I'm pretty sure, is the slot corner for the Bengals, and he's been ruled out. He's you know pretty good player and a key part of the their secondary. I think that Chris Godwin is the one guy who I'd be open to playing. I haven't checked the ownership on him yet this week because. I feel like he's always one of those guys who projects pretty highly. Yeah. He's about 12%. Not, you know, I would I would like that to be a little bit lower. I think you'd probably play a little bit less than that of Godwin. But I think that he's he's been Brady's go-to target lately. Like we said, Mike Evans has face planted the last few weeks. <laughs> um, I think so. I think that that's the way to go. I mean, look at these are Chris Godwin's target shares or target per game since week six, 12, 13, 11, 10, 8. 13 13 9 so he's you can pencil him in for at least nine targets and with the Bengals missing their slot cornerback i think that could be just enough to be the run back you want godwin's gonna have a week baby he's gonna have a week this feels like this is very oh wow this is this is strikingly similar to the michael gallup situation michael imagine michael gallup but really good (laughs) <laughs> yeah like a star like a star a legitimate star yeah like. if michael gallup was really good he'd be chris godwin and you know he'd be <laughs> instead of getting seven targets a game he'd be getting 11 right yeah and and then but now they're both recovering from an acl tear they haven't been themselves you know they face the 49ers is all these things and then the game comes along where everything kind of clicks into place and oh here's the 15 targets Here's the 130 yards and two touchdowns we were looking yeah. for, for from Chris Godwin. I mean, if you take out... Sign me up. Once you remove his week one game where he only played a third of the snaps, where he hurt his hamstring because he came back a little bit too soon, the other 10 games he's played this year, on average, he's over 10 targets per game. He's an animal. 105 yeah. targets. Chase Godwin's games. skinny stacks are nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I think that's the way to play this game. Nice. I like it. Um, uh, how much Burrow? Are you going to play some Burrow though, too, or just focusing in on Chase? I don't. I think it's tough to play. I mean, I think if you're going to play Burrow, you you include T, and you just hope that T Higgins is healthy enough to to be himself. Because you can't really I, single stack 
Burrow Hurst is hurt. I think you can single stack him with Chase and just say, okay, it's the Chase explosion. You know, Chase gets two or three, and it's kind of a a dabble of (laughs) Trent Taylor. You know, T can have a good game, but not pay off his price. If T were cheaper, I think. Um, I, I just think, and Burrow's running enough, right? Mm-hmm. You know, only 10 yards last week, but six more carries, 11 before that, nine before that. You know, he's got a bunch of rushing touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Jalen Hurts, of course, but there's a little bit more juice in Burrow's legs. Now he's another year removed from the injury. I think you could play Burrow Chase with Godwin as your only stack of this game. It's a little thin, but I am with you. Uh, yeah, he, he is... Sixth among quarterbacks in red zone carries and fifth or fourth in rushing touchdowns with five of them. So yeah, there's definitely yeah. some upside yeah, the, for Burrow skinny, in that direction. It's a skinny main stack, which is fine, right? It's fine. It's a little bit of that. I think if you consider Hertz and Fields one quarterback, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you know, in 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 sort of your exposure to that game is X, and you you. You're not going to play Brady. We're not going to play Tannehill. We're not going to play a Texans quarterback. We're not going to play. We're not going to play. You can play, but we're not going to play Lawrence. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I think that as your fifth priority quarterback, sixth priority quarterback, depending on how you you, you do the math there. Sure. Sure. I, I think it's a dabble situation, um, but I, I want more Mahomes. I certainly want a lot more Herbert. I want more Dak. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. However, you can I yeah. I'm trying to think of where I would put him. He's a maybe a little bit closer to Mahomes for me after Hertz, after Dak, after Herbert, and so then you get to like Burrow, yeah, I, I, Mahomes. I, Mahomes, and then uh, Mahomes, and then mm-hmm. right. And you, like you said, you Hertz include Fields. And, and, Fields kind of like Fields and Burrow. Part. I think yeah. you would have a similar ownership on. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's I that makes sense. Just talking through it, there's a lot of good options on this slate. Like, I think we're, you know, this is a slate where there's five or six quarterbacks that we want to mix in, and and that's you know, exciting for a ten game slate. And um, the interest. So a lot of the guys that we have talked about, as you see, I have it sorted by projected ownership at quarterback now: Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. I think the most interesting part to me is that. You know, I like I like Burrow maybe even a little bit more than these two guys do, but I don't even have to do that because I think Justin Herbert is all of our favorite quarterback, oh. and he's the lowest owned Lock out of all down. of those top guys. So you know, uh, that was part of why I'm like, okay, Burrow at three percent or whatever, you know, seems kind of nice, but I can get that same almost that same leverage with Herbert and almost with Dak, you know, if everybody's going to play Hurts. Yeah, and I yeah. think with Herbert, you have um, like. Maybe Burrow Chase gets there, but if you play Herbert and things play out the right way, you've already got like two or three other pieces in your lineup that have smashed. So I think that there's just more weapons for Herbert at the moment. And I mean, Herbert can score a rushing touchdown. I know he hasn't been like yeah. Burrow, but it's not like he's physically in, you know, he's not coming Matt into Ryan. the year. He was known as a more mobile quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and he's actually been, you know, this was something every week I'm, when I'm doing our projections for player profiler, you kind of check on how much quarterbacks have been running the ball just to attribute them their share of the carries in an offense. And I noticed that Justin Herbert has had a very strong and steady uptick for the last four or five weeks based on, you know, his season average. Obviously, we know he had that rib injury 
early on. I think he's getting back to being more himself and getting that four, five, six carries in a game as opposed to like one or two when he didn't really trust his his body to run the ball. Makes total sense. I did want to bring up uh, Swaggy P mentions. You don't always have to force a run back in your stacks. And sk- we're definitely uh, uh, very big proponents of, he says, skinny stacks can also get there any given week in tournaments. Trust me, uh, probably no one says skinny stacks, m- maybe even more than Matt. Than Matt. Well, we talk about it every single week. It's our it's like our favorite thing. Oh, to- no, he's, he's actually, no, Eric, he's talking about very thin oh. Uh, primary single, stacks he's talking about thin primary stacks stack. and, yeah, like and a the reason stack. why just just so swaggy understands the reason why we prefer additional correlation is when those games hit that we have picked the probability that you're going to be you know getting one of these you know super payout outcomes yeah. is just a lot higher the probability that if just burrow and chase hit You've then got to like like Dario laid it out perfectly. You've then got to ace more positions. So the probability that one of those particular lineups, like a in, in this in the world where we're doing double stacks with Herbert and single stacks with Burrow, it's a lot harder to ace a Burrow Chase stack than it is a Herbert Mike Williams stack, for example. Yeah, I that's totally all we're talking agree. about. That's just that's just the the core benefit of correlation. And we, as a philosophy, believe in dialing up the correlation. Totally agree. Brad, Brad says it, basically what you said, you know, what do you win when you win is what I would call it. Like, what do you get when you're right? And what you get when mm-hmm. you're right by correlating within these games, the whole point of the show, the whole, and to be clear, the whole point yeah, of the show is- We call it is, a stack fest for a reason. <laughs> right. It, it is, but it is also to talk through, uh, you'll hear us a lot of the time say, I don't want, you know, this is a, Matt will say, this is a skinny stack game. I'm not playing, you know, we're not games to the right. Mm-hmm. Or, or we talked about the Eagles. We were, you don't have, we were just, we said on the first game, we're like, you know, no one says, nothing says you have to play a bear. To- I totally, so I totally agree with that premise. Every game is different. Every, every situation is unique. But the whole point of this show is to figure out where those, where those outsized gains are. In and, and I would say games. one more thing, one more thing. Y- when you, onslaught a game for example you're allowed to have more one-off plays okay this is something we've not talked about i don't think yet but it's important when you onslaught you're allowed to have more one-off plays if you decide to go down this road of a a a a thin sort of burrow chase godwin right you must not must but the probabilities suggest you're better off going ahead and doing these micro stacks or skinny stacks whatever way you want to think about it in the other games where you go well i said dorset pacheco right you want to go (laughs) full mansion on a dorset pacheco but you're going to want to do it you're going to want to at least you're going to you're more incentivized almost in, in our in our in our philosophy required to do that in though if you're going to go light on on your primary stack you better bring in a secondary stack yeah, it's a, it's just, it's, you know, there are a million ways to skin a cat. You will see good tournament teams that don't do all of these little things, but the whole premise You'll is... also see teams winning a million dollars with no correlation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the most frustrating. Yeah. It has, it happens all the time, people. But I like to think about it as a DFS lineup is the equivalent of a parlay. You got to hit, you got to hit a, a very, very, very long parlay. 
and 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 it's not like a parlay is easier because you just, it's just like a yes no you got to hit the nuts like you have to hit the best it's not just like did this guy score a touchdown right That's this right. isn't the same game parlay this is like a you got to hit the every leg of this parlay is a really low probability event so in order to make it easier on ourselves we correlate those events from within that right if Jamar Chase hits, well, Joe Burrow probably did well, right? But then, so then Chris Godwin has more opportunity because the right he's in a better situation to to produce. As that example from that, the Chargers, right? Derrick Henry rip. I mentioned Derrick Henry, you know, instead of Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry does the Derrick Henry rips off a couple big long runs. Now Justin Herbert's down by fourteen. Now you got yourself a game-winning stack, right? It, it wasn't necessarily about the individual plays. It was about how you constructed that lineup to get less things right. It's really that's really you're just trying to make it easier on yourself. That doesn't mean it has to be right. You'll see really good players that have some kind of crazy lineups, but they always do have some form of kind of correlation. It may not be the correlation you're thinking about. They may just onslaught the Eagles, right? I, you can take a tournament down that way with no bear or whatever. But there are, there are forms of correlation. That that's the point. That that's really what we're trying to get to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, as we get out of here, I don't think I have a. I, I, normally, I I can almost feel like I can guess what you guys are going to say here as our as we sign off on the show. I'm terrified Matt's going to pick Philip Dorset as his uh, conviction play. But if you have not watched the show, we always sign out with kind of a conviction call. What is the one thing you need to have? in tournaments and the, all three of us kind of come up with our own little guess here. Let's start with uh, Dario. What's the, what's the week 15 tournament winner? I think for me, it's gotta be the Justin Herbert to Mike Williams connection. I'm, I'm shocked. It's not chalkier than it is. So hopefully I'm not jinxing that, but <laughs> at, at this ownership, I think that that's like a, a, a smash for me. Obviously we like the, the Dak stacks and mega stacking the Eagles too, but I think, the Chargers against the Titans, like we saw last week with Trevor Lawrence, just how susceptible this Titans pass defense is. I think there's we the Chargers are still cheap because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are kind of on the mend from injuries. There's just a lot of things coalescing in the right direction for Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. And then, you know, whether it's Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett as that, you know, extra piece in your double stack, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I think we're going to see a bunch of players that are finally hitting their stride post-injury, whether it be even even the, the mild injuries that didn't cost them games, from Justin Herbert and his rushing to Michael Gallup to Chris Godwin. I think this is a big week for that. It's also a big week for just uh, not making it complicated. Fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> when the Chiefs play the Texans and they have a <laughs> workhorse back you play that guy whether he runs a 437 or not it just happens this guy runs a 437 <laughs> so fantasy football doesn't have to be hard you can take the no-brainer plays and you know enjoy them even more when they're at low ownership for unspeakable unknown reasons uh and feel free to not play uh chalky bad players all these very basic things don't make it hard don't overthink it uh, and uh, enjoy enjoy these players uh, finding finally rounding into form uh, players that we love like uh, like like Chris Godwin. I love the rounding into form because it really does kind of encapsulate everything that we were talking about. Like like you said, even like Mike Williams coming back from injury, 
uh, Isaiah Pacheco rounding into form as a rookie. And my guy that I'm attaching onto here, Miles Sanders. You mentioned that you don't have to make fantasy football hard. Everybody's excited for the Eagles. No one's excited for Miles Sanders, who has two 30-plus point games in the last three. You know, it's a it's a dream. He's he's even maybe even more so than Pacheco taking on uh, uh you know cannibalizing that backfield more exactly. for himself. And and uh, Matt cited all the red zone and and goal line carries he he's been getting. Miles Sanders just feels like an absolute stone cold smash to me. Play him with Pacheco. Play your Chargers stacks. Play play the bleed backs on the Chiefs against the Texans and the Eagles against the Bears. That seems like a pretty good recipe to uh, score some fantasy points to mm-hmm. me. So tie that all together, and I think you got a pretty fun pretty fun tournament lineup. And we didn't have to mention Philip Dorsett and Equinemia St. Brown, thankfully. So. That'll do it here for us. Uh, Roto-Grinders player profiler stack fest for week 15. We will be back, of course, in week 16, hopefully uh, to do some to do some victory lapping. But good luck to everybody. And uh, we'll see you next Friday.